the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's just amazing stuff, isn't it, from Bud Brisbaugh. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I was mentioning Herman Cain in my monologue. Um, we lost him this fall, as I mentioned. He was the former CEO of Godfather's Pizza. He had an amazing life, battled and beating cancer, running for president, talk radio host. He embodied all the values we really strive for in his life, belief in God, hard work, a good education, strong education, the power of personal responsibility, living each day joyfully and thankfully. And there's this great documentary on his life, Poor to CEO. It's one of the most inspirational films of the year. And you can watch it right now at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Make sure to use the promo code PHOENIX to save 20%. Poor to CEO, the Herman Cain story at SalemNow.com. Uh, a lot to do here, and I want to have some fun, and Bill's going to help us with that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Steve Hayward's right. We, With all the talk about a vaccine, we may, we may need a real vaccine here for leftism. Um, you knew where things were headed when you heard the Biden team talking about how the COVID vaccine needed to be distributed equitably. It meant that decisions would be run through a social justice filter rather than a relative risk assessment filter. The New York Times naturally gives a uh, thumb sucker of a news story today, wringing their white guilt-ridden hands about the situation. Here they write, Historically, the CDC committee relied on scientific evidence to inform its decisions. But now the members are weighing social justice concerns as well, noted Lisa A. Prosser, a professor of health policy and decision sciences at the University of Michigan. Harold Schmidt an expert in ethics and health policy at the University of Pennsylvania, said that it is reasonable to put essential workers ahead of older adults given their risks and that they are disproportionately minorities, quote, whereas older populations are whiter, Dr. Schmidt said. Society is structured in a way that enables them to live longer. Instead of giving additional health benefits to those who already had more of them, we can start to level the playing field a bit. Close quote. This is ghastly. This is ghastly. Are we to trust the science? Are we to help the most vulnerable? Or are we supposed to look around at race and even if you're not in the most vulnerable, but of the right or wrong race, decide who gets the vaccine first. It's ghastly. It's ghoulish. And yet it's serious, and it's here. On that note, speaking of colorblindness, did you know that Helen Keller was just another privileged white woman? What did you know of Helen Keller, Bill? What did you know of her? Yeah. 
Time magazine just wrote um, wrote an article, published an article. Quote, however, to some black disability rights activists like Anita Cameron, Helen Keller is not, she's not radical at all, but quote, just another, despite disabilities, privileged white person, and yet another example of history telling the story of privileged white Americans. Did you ever learn that she was a privileged white American? Growing up? And anything you know of her? I, I, I quote Helen Keller a lot. I, yeah. In the overcoming, you learn a lot, don't you? And she was a role model for many, especially in the disabled or disability community. My favorite quote of hers, I think, there's a lot of them. I think it's this. Many many of you may know it. It's wonderful how much time good people spend fighting the devil. If they would only expend the same amount of energy loving their fellow men, the devil would die in his own tracks of boredom or ennui. I think that's just beautiful. But she's just another privileged white person, so her name, like Abraham Lincoln's, will be going out the window. Uh, some people tell it as like it is. Uh, Jason Whitlock does over at the Outkick, sports columnist. Evidently, yesterday, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had a column that was basically a version of what... Um, Laura Ingram used to say, shut up and sing or shut up and pass the ball or shut up and dribble. It's enough from people who don't really have much background in public policy listening to them spout off on it. And Jabbar was coming very close to echoing that according to uh, his column and according to what Jason Whitlock said, although his targets, Jabbar's, were only conservatives like Rudy Giuliani um, Jabbar called <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar called for social media companies to be more aggressive in silencing or placing warnings on false tweets and messages that could incite violence or cause harm to society. But here's a question: in in considering that, and I guess everyone's entitled to a, their opinion, including Jabbar, in in considering that he's talking about people, in his view, promulgating hoaxes. Jason asks, what about Black Lives Matter? What about the false narrative that American law enforcement is on an unchecked killing spree of black men? Jason Whitlock himself is a black man. Should we place warnings on those tweets and messages? Should the athletes and celebrities who promote the false narrative that the average black person should live in fear of law enforcement face harsh backlash? There's more anecdotal evidence of election fraud than there is anecdotal evidence of race-based police brutality, after all. Countless studies and all the data refute the narrative that the police are killing black people at some alarming rate. According to the Washington Post, police have killed 220 black people and 420 white people in 2020, which is about right on average for the last decade. The overwhelming majority of people killed by police are criminal suspects who resist arrest. Athletes and celebrities pretend that law-abiding black people are at a high risk of being killed by police. It's a lie. The BLM lie has actually incited violence and done harm to society. Let's start at the beginning. Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Social media helped spread the lie that Brown was killed with his hands up while surrendering to Officer Darren Wilson. 
The lie led to weeks of rioting, looting, and violence in Ferguson and across America. Eric Holder, President Obama's attorney general, investigated the Michael Brown shooting and concluded Darren Wilson did nothing wrong. Despite Holder's investigation, the Michael Brown lie lives on. It's still promoted via social media. It's out the foundation of the false narrative that police are randomly killing black men. How many buildings have been burned to the ground based on the BLM false narrative? How many businesses destroyed? How many police officers shot? How many lives lost? How much damage done to our domestic process and race relations? As it relates to allegations of election fraud, has there been any violence? A single riot? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wants the opinions he disagrees with silenced, and the ones he agrees with amplified. He sounds just like LeBron James, what with a delusional elitist and false sense of social intelligence. Yeah, we need a vaccine against leftism. I like that. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson, uh, Seth Leibson Show. There's one of my favorite people, James Wexler. He, uh, You've heard me talking about him. He's been on the show before. James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. How are you, James? Hey, Seth. Happy holidays. I appreciate always taking my call. And, you know, I'm a regular listener and a big fan. You are, you're a great real estate agent, too. I, I, was, I was just saying the other day on the show, I, this is unheard of, um, you're the only realtor in Scottsdale with over 500 five-star reviews. That's that's unheard of. I, people love you as much as I do, and that's a great thing. If you're, uh, I'll say a word about you after you leave here. But man, James, it's good to see you, man, or talk to you at hey, least. Good to see you. Good to see you and talk to you. I'm glad you're doing well. Lot, a lot going on you. in the world today. I know the real estate market's hot. But <laughs> what is it hotter know, than politics? I, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know. <laughs> It's a good time if you're in real estate, if you're in politics, if you're a homeowner, if you're yep. in Arizona. <laughs> it is a, a good time. Yes. Unless, unless your followers were showing are a little frustrated with the state of the uh, political climate. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Is that a nice way to say it? Yeah, that's a good I way to say it. You're very diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we got together last, it's such a tough, you know, I think we all know how the election should have turned out. Yeah. And we still have hope how uh, hopefully it will turn out. Yeah. Um, you know, but we have the situation going down in. Georgia yeah. Yeah. could be more important. So, Yeah, I do think so, don't you? I mean, the, look, um, even before there was talk of the presidential race uh, in, in earnest, I'm talking like April and May, before, before the right. summer conventions, people were saying, yeah, the presidential race, but the Senate's even more important. A lot of people have said that for years because of really the judiciary in large part and you know what it can stop or what it can improve but i think the i think the economy as much as anything and that obviously is a big big part of what you deal with the economy i think the economy is in the balance in georgia as well as our politics you think about the kind of tax proposals that the senate would have to approve if joe biden is inaugurated and it's pretty serious. It's pretty serious if we don't hold the Senate. I mean, I you know, he's going to raise the corporate tax. He's told us he'd do that by like seven points. Uh, individual income taxes will go up. Uh, capital gains taxes will go up. Um, this is not good for our economy. It's not good for small businesses. It's not good for our employment. I don't think it's good for real estate. Unless maybe you live in Florida. 
Florida's Yeah, New York is trying to do. Yeah, the New York government is doing to New York what Joe Biden wants to do to America, but the New Yorkers are moving to Florida. The you know you and I chat about this privately, and when I tell people that you know I think we really have to make an effort as a party here, and even our president to use his platform. I mean, he is the biggest elf in the room. He still will be, no matter the outcome of the election. But the importance of him getting down there and stumping in Georgia cannot be underestimated. Right. I mean, we've seen just in our state alone Prop 208 passing, which yep. is extremely scary. Could you imagine if that happens on a national level? And if for some outside chance, but we're living in real time, what could happen isn't surprising anymore. And to see both Democrats win there and really uh, the Democrats have control of the Senate and the House and the presidency, is a very, very scary proposition. Yeah, it changes everything. You're, you're right to raise Proposition 208. You think if we had a more serious campaign against it, it might have fared better. Um, the good news about Georgia is all our eyes are on it right now. You know, there, I, I, I have faith that the shenanigans can be mitigated in Georgia just because, A, we know the stakes, B, we know how the other side works, and 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 see we're there and you're i think you're right uh the more time donald trump spends there the better i mean who better to talk about the economy and which way it can go than he right well you're seeing it in real time right yep. stock markets hitting record highs small businesses recovering so quickly in light of this pandemic right mm-hmm. in light of a shutdown small businesses leading the way creating jobs in our economy and for that georgia race to affect and put these Potential limitations and taxes because businesses will have to make their profit somehow, and the first place they do it is with overhead, with spending, exactly. with salaries, and that really will crush our economy. Uh, and and just cannot let that happen. And the more Donald Trump can be down there touting how well this economy's done, in spite of everything, you know, he's been thrown against him. Yep. Um, it, it can't be underestimated. And, and, you know, our economy is strong and improving, but it's not so it, it, Yeah, it's not permanent. It's, it's fragile. It's reversible. Right. You bet. We're fragile yeah. in light of, a, a, a dem- you know, those type of tax things coming in. We got to win Georgia. Nicely put, James Wexler. I love hearing from you and your perspective on things. I'd like to hear from you more regularly. James Wexler, you have a great one if I don't talk to you before next week, although I'd love to. James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. Check him out at jameswexler.com. That's James Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com. He knows real estate, and he knows policy, too. He knows the economy. He knows a lot. Good man. Good friend. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I would really like to try and have both a smart and fun day. And here's a good start, Rick in Phoenix. We already had a good start with James Wexler. Rick, here's a good second. Follow-up, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Seth, and thank you very much for that compliment. I always enjoy talking to you and uh, appreciate uh, the privilege. (laughs) Uh, This is one of the – I love this time of year, Seth. I love the the spirit of giving, uh, the joy, uh, the lights, the music is just wonderful. And uh, 
a few things are, you know, not quite so wonderful. I guess you heard about the update that they've made to the to the song, uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Uh, that makes me so sick. That just, that makes me so sick. Yeah. Dean yeah. Martin is now the victim of the Me Too movement. In Oh, no, this is, this is a different one. This is a different update. Uh, th- this update is uh, they've changed it to "Baby, it's COVID outside." Oh, that I had not heard. Okay, well, I I, I didn't know if you. No, heard. I had not heard that. Okay. <laughs> well, that being said, welcome to my nightmare, brother. Talk I to am me. Looking, I am looking at 2021. Yeah. And the specter of a Biden-Harris presidency, along with the people that they are putting in their cabinet like Kerry and Rice and uh, other crazies and I I just uh, it's uh, it's frightening but uh, I'm calling because your monologue uh, prompted me to get to, to thinking about or prompted me to it was something I've been thinking about a while and I want to make a request of you for the year 2021. Okay. Uh, and that request is this, Seth. You know how Dennis Prager has his uh, ultimate issues hour. Yes. And his male-female hour. Yes. We had some attempts to do things. Do you remember what some of those were, Bill? We had an attempt to have... I don't remember them now. I, I think we had a Bazooka Joe thing at one point, oh, maybe. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> maybe well, not. Here, 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 <laughs> it wasn't that memorable, I guess. Here's... here's Here's my request along this line, yes, because sir. I believe that you and your guest and your audience are uniquely suited for this. Okay. I would like to request that you have a weekly class on conservatism. Okay. What is conservatism? What does it look like? How does it behave? What are the fundamental uh, you know, pillars of, of conservatism? And maybe every week, Take a different uh, uh, pillar and just uh, uh, expound on it, explain it, hash it out, discuss it, and really uh, push what conservatism is and what we mean uh, by being conservatives. Because one of the things that I find for myself and a lot of conservatives that I talk to is you know, we know what conservatism is, but really defining it and explaining it is a little more difficult. Yeah, um, I, this is interesting. So um, there's a couple ways to look at this uh, and a couple ways to do it. You tell me what you want to do, and we can do it all, too, because I love, I love where you're going here. Okay. And that, I think, was the point of Tevi's piece. You remember the past in order yeah. to uh, – in order to apply it for the future, right? Um, yes, yes. Unlike the left, where they just hopscotch from lily pad to hit lily pad, uh, <laughs> with no, you know, connection and no, 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 no necessary uh, reflection, uh, no historical import, no, no accountability. We actually think the past matters and right. that there's something yes. to learn from it. And yes. we also think we have to hold ourselves accountable for what we got right and what we got wrong, because conservatism or parts and elements of it have gotten things wrong from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, right off the top of my head, I think we've 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 
parts of our movement sometimes get uh, the substance abuse issue wrong. I think in the 50s and 60s, parts of our movement, not all of it, I think got some of the race stuff wrong. Not all of uh-huh. it, parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can talk about – again, you tell me what you're talking about or if you want to do both, that's fine too. The elements is what you were talking about, the elements of conservatism. Right. What is it that constitutes, makes and conservatism? That's one way. Another way is there's various flavors of conservatism. I can think of about five off the top of my head. You know them as well. And then there's a third way, which to me is interesting too, which is the leaders, the the, the modern leaders of the conservative uh, movement. And by modern, I don't mean I, I don't mean uh, uh, ben Sh- people who are alive today. I mean the, the pioneers in the 40s, 50s, and 60s um, yeah. that were constituted, you know, the editors of National Review magazine in those days, the Frank Myers and the Bill Buckleys and the Leo, you know, people who wrote in, 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 in the learned journals in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So there's, there's those ways to go, uh, any of those three or all of those. I mean, it would give us a year to do it all. We could. Right, right. And I don't know if I would, you know, even um, – what's the word I want? Have the vain glory to say I know what the elements of conservatism are. I can start. I can start. Yeah. My teacher, Bill Bennett, um, he, he liked the acronym FLINT, uh, which Bill, Bill here, Bill, my producer, likes too, which stands for Free Enterprise, Limited Government, Individual Liberty, National Defense, and Traditional Values. That's oh, a good that's start. Great. It's a start. Yeah, that's it's a, a great place to start. It's a great each, place to start. Flint. Each week, talk about one of those. What so it that means, gets us five weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good that's idea, great. and I suppose I do it where in my monologues, probably. Uh, you could do it in your monologues, or you could do like Dennis uh, Prager does. An oh, hour oh, oh, right. Dedicate an hour. Right, right, right. You know, Dedicated or even a day each yeah. week. I mean, goodness knows, you know, there's plenty of material to cover, but. Yeah, that that I think that would be terrific, and you know, uh, 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 disregarding your vainglory, which I don't think you have because you're one of the humblest people I know, but you have such a wide breadth of knowledge yourself, and then such a wide outreach uh, or connection to others who have this knowledge and information. And on top of all that, your audience is a wealth of information uh, in regards to all that. Um, Thanks. Thanks. I think we could draw on some interesting elements. Uh, uh, One of them would be this. You know, um, my other teacher, Charles Kessler, who is the uh, editor of the Claremont Review of Books, he wrote a book with Bill Buckley or edited a book with William Buckley called Keeping the Tablets in the 80s. Ah. And it was a series of essays by those conservative greats from the 50s and 60s. And Bill Buckley and Kessler isolated them, identified it, identified them, and wrote uh, a little bit of an intro essay about them. Buckley's not with us, but Kessler is. Maybe I should get Kessler on to talk about some of that. There's a lot of ways to do it, Rick, and by golly, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I like the idea. Anyone else want to add things to this, let me know, and we'll come up with a good concept for it as well. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Your hour coming up, 602-508-0960. And then the doctor is in by your request. You guys run this thing as much as I do, and I, I take your requests, all of them, and obviously questions and thoughts seriously. You guys said it's time to have Dr. Jasser back in, what with all the COVID talk flying around and even including vaccine now added to it and cases spiking, or are they? Um uh, you, you said I should have Dr. Jasser back in, and he will be back in today uh, in our third hour. The doctor is in, we call that. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. He's such a fine, fine man and a world-renowned physician, and Arizona's lucky to have him, and we're lucky to have him here on the show. He'll be here our third hour. Next hour is all you. On that suggestion of Rick's, I'm really taken by it. Um, that was that, 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 acronym flint i I think it's useful and 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 it might be complete but it might not be i'd have to think more about it and that flint acronym the five core concepts that constitute conservatism free enterprise limited government individual liberty national defense and traditional values i'm thinking about those in the context of trumpism or maga the maga movement i'm thinking of them in the context of reaganism you know, some conservative writers have talked about – some are pro-Trump, some are anti-Trump, but some, some have talked about Trumpism being a rejection of Reaganism. I, I never thought that. In fact, my book that I co-authored, American Greatness, uh, was about how Donald Trump was in sync more with Goldwater and Reagan than any other Republican on the national scene in a long, long time, if ever, at least in the presidential national scene. I think you can still get that book, American Greatness. I think it's still available on Amazon. But in any event, I've never bought that um, Reaganism and Trumpism were distinct or that different. And if you think about Flint, those five core concepts, and they were written before Trump was even president or running for president, I think it's I think they hold for both free enterprise, limited government, individual liberty, national defense, and traditional values. Um, I really do, um, at least at least policy-wise and, and rhetoric-wise. We might have to add one more that's not specific in there, having to do with uh, civic and historical literacy. I hate to ruin a good acronym, but civic and historical, a commitment to civil, Americanism maybe? Maybe can we put a fleant in there? I'm not sure how to do it exactly, but you see what I'm getting at. Anyway, your show here on out. Anything you want to talk about, 602-508-0960. Be right back.